If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. All right, welcome to the, uh, this hour of the program. Rob Breckenridge uh, sitting in today and uh, the rest of this week and through next week here on 770 CHQR. And then after that, well, I, I don't know. Some time for your phone calls here, 403-974-8255, 974-TALK. We're going to talk some hockey coming up after 1130. We'll hear from the commissioner of the Alberta Junior Hockey League, talk about the plans to get their season going again, and some support from the province in terms of uh, a green light for a new 50-50 lottery. It's going to benefit uh, both the WHL teams in Alberta, and I think they get underway this weekend, I believe, those five teams, and then uh, to the AJHL as well. They'll get going next month. So we'll talk about that coming up after 11.30. Like I say, we've got some time for your phone calls here, some open line time, and uh, let's get back to the phones, shall we? This is Jim. Jim, go ahead. So obviously the person who put together this program for the COVID vaccine probably got his credentials by being able to swipe his iPad on to unlock it. I've been trying this thing all morning, and I'll tell you, why would you have to make everybody answer all of the COVID questions when you're booking appointments into April? Why wouldn't they have that set up that two weeks prior to your appointment that you would do the COVID test? And they'll probably still make you do the COVID test then. Like mm-hmm. or the, 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 the thing of where they talk about whether or not you've been in contact with anybody in 14 days and all that kind of thing. It's, just, it's absolutely brutal. Why didn't they break it down to maybe quarterly, like January, uh, February, March, and then and go from there? Like it's just it, it's a complete an utter nightmare. I'm just losing so much confidence in this government to be able to handle any. They couldn't manage a Kool-Aid stand. Thanks. Jim, appreciate the phone call. Um, look, I mean, some people have been able to get through, but obviously a lot of people are running into that. And I, I, yeah, Jim makes a good point. Why do you have to go through all the questions if your appointment is more than two weeks away? What relevance is it if you're having any symptoms today? Or, you know, what the situation is going to be whenever it is your appointment is in, into March or even into April. And again, yes, look, when you've got a whole bunch of people trying to access a website, you got to be prepared for that. So some of this, I think, was predictable. And it, it does raise the question, what happens when we start to really roll out vaccines? Because we're going to have days uh, in, in the weeks and months ahead where a lot more people than this are trying to log on and make appointments. So... Let's figure this out. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. This is uh, Rick. Rick, go ahead. Yeah, good morning, Rob. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh, yeah, Rob, uh, just bear with me for one sec. I know your opinions on Donald Trump. Uh, I want to speak to your professor uh, talking about respect, respect between leaders. Uh, I don't know what it is about you guys' show on uh, these intellectuals that you've been uh, uh, inviting, uh, i.e. the one you had ye- on yesterday, sorry, the one that uh, Angela had on yesterday, and one that you had on this morning. 
First off, I'd like to say uh, I do not believe that President Trump engaged in attacks on uh, Justin Trudeau. I believe he responded to somebody slagging him in the media uh, and slagging him at the G7 co- uh, conference. Uh, respect, Rob, is earned. It, it's not just something that's given. And I'm, I'm just to make my point, if, if Justin wants to come out and slag Biden in our media, let's see what kind of relationship they have. Thank you for, for the call. Okay. Yeah, Rick, appreciate the phone call. Look, I mean, you know, you can point fingers in either direction. I, I just think the point is that under the previous president, there wasn't a great relationship. Maybe under this one there will be, so we'll, we'll see. I, but I think that that's just a simple observation of fact in terms of how bad it was or who's to blame. Then sure, I mean, you know, certainly there's there's um, uh, differences of opinion there. This is uh, Steve. Steve, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I would take another stance on what the last caller said and the fact that it was kind of better we didn't have a good relationship between the two leaders because. Stephen Harper literally came out and said on free trade, we should be happy with whatever we get. And Trudeau said, no, that's not how it works out. We're going to, we have our needs too, and we're not going to set them aside to, to take second place here. And then in the end, most people were happy with how it played out. But under Harper, we could have got hammered because he had this attitude that you can't go up against the big bad Americans. And Trudeau wasn't having it. And who's the person he put in charge? It was a woman, wasn't it? I'm trying to remember who uh, that was. Well, yeah, I mean, the Christy Freeland. Case. Yeah, Christy Freeland played a big role in that. Yeah, Is but that we didn't back down. And that's because, I think, in part because we didn't have a good relationship. With. But anyways, on yeah. free trade yeah. um, and the oil pipeline, I start my morning. I listen to Moncton, then Montreal, CHAD, um, 640 Talk Toronto, then I go to CKNW, and then I finish off by listening to Tony King at 9 o'clock. And the bottom line is, when they brought up the uh, the summit, nobody talked about pipelines. They couldn't give a flying Frenchman about this. This is not in their collective conscience, because they're not an oil-producing um, province, and I get that. Hmm. But the bottom line is, your last previous uh, expert or whatever you had on said we have a chance to uh, increase our energy supply to the U.S., but he didn't give any details. Do you, do you know what he meant by that, how that actually plays out? Well, I, I think there's a lot of ways that could play out. I, I don't know what he was referring to specifically. I know certainly Line 5 is an issue at the moment, uh, at least preserving what, what we have in, in terms of a status quo. I don't know, I, because I, I'm not aware that there's been any additional projects proposed. But Yeah, I mean, that would have been my first question is, okay, how? And then I would have flushed it out. Are you just saying that because it sounds good, or is there something behind what you just said? And I want to know what's behind what he said. If you ever get a chance to ask him again, uh, maybe he knows something the rest of us don't. Mm-hmm. That's a legitimate question I'm bringing up. You said we could increase it. Okay, tell us the pathway. Okay, thanks. Steve, appreciate that. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Rick on the line here. Rick, go ahead. Hi, Rob. Thanks for the line. Hey, Rick. You bet. I'm literally in the middle of nowhere, so if I uh, don't have a good connection, just hang up on me. Like you, I've had COVID uh, back in January. I'm about mm-hmm. the same age as you. What my question is, and I apologize if you already chatted about it, but I wonder how I can explain to people, whether it's an airport 
or somewhere that I've already had it. And am I okay? And if I was to get the booster, I know you talked about it before. Do you get like a wristband or a piece of paper that you go to an airport, you go somewhere? And I didn't even think about it up until this morning when I booked my eye exam. I barely got into my eye exam because they asked me if I had COVID. And yes, I do. And I will continue to test positive for COVID. So I'm just wondering if you've heard of anything of how we proceed when we've already had it or when we get our booster or vaccine. Like, if I, what if I was a pilot? I, I would right. never have a job because I'm going to continuously test positive. Just wanted to hear well, your thoughts. Yeah. First of all, there's there's a possibility that you can test positive with the PCR test for some weeks after, but it's it's not automatic. Uh, that for the most part, in fact, and yeah, and President Trump was actually an example of that because he had it, he recovered, and he he actually tested negative shortly after. So, I think most people do test negative. I don't know whether you would at this point. I don't know if I would still at this point uh, that it is possible. But for the most part, once you've you're finished shedding the virus, it's gone. It's it's not going to show up. But there is that risk. You're right. So I guess it depends on the the situation. Um, when it comes to travel, that could be an issue, I think, for people who have had it and recovered because there's the requirement to have a PCR test. It would be easy enough, I guess, to, to um, you know, if you've tested positive, that there's record of that, that, that you could maybe obtain that somehow. I, I, I don't know how that's going to work exactly. Well, I kept the um, uh, text message on my on yeah, my I, phone. I have that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so I don't know if that's my ticket or my tattoo going into airports or getting eye exams or going to a dentist appointment like it's kind of interesting i'm not really sure how they're going to be doing that but have you well but yeah when it comes to those things like appointments like you know you're considered recovered and that's the the alberta health services uh protocol that that once you've you've confirmed positive been effective uh, infected after 10 days you're considered recovered so that it shouldn't be an issue for you, you know, to, as you say, go for an eye appointment, go for a dentist appointment, because you're, you're not, you're not sick anymore. Well, and, and I agree with that. It's just, it's just mm-hmm. a hard sell, you know, like she had to it talk is. to two managers prior to me yeah. getting, getting in. But the other thing is what I did maybe a week or two ago is I talked to um, a nurse on 811, fantastic lady and everything. And I mm-hmm. asked her a few questions. There wasn't really any you know, positive answers there, but I I wondered if if there was any any type of thing we can show people. And I asked if I can go get a test again just so I can have that that text message that says negative. And she goes, right. It's it's worthless because you're gonna test positive. And I felt like a I don't want to say a victim, but I felt like holy crap. <laughs> like I, and she goes, It's a past tense thing. You had the mumps, you had the chicken pox, you had COVID. That's me selling it to authoritarians at, at an airport or at a, at a junction or anywhere else. So sorry to keep on rambling, yeah. but just wanted to hear your thoughts. No, it's it's a valid question because, I mean, a lot of people have had it, and especially when it comes to international travel. In any situation where you say the requirement is that you have a negative PCR test, there, there's a possibility that somebody who has had it and recovered could still test positive. And so I think we got to figure out how that's going to work. And I don't know if we're running into that now with any of the international travelers. 
Or if yeah, there's a way around that, like a doctor's note, or like you say, even showing the message that <laughs> I did indeed test positive. Here's, here's how I found out. So I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Story. Yeah. And it's interesting you said that you may or may not test positive. So I would like to be able to go into my little place in the industrial section in my town, go in, get a quick test, and see what happens. But I, 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 I want to be honest and don't want to go there and take somebody else's space. Right, because, you, yeah, it would be easy enough to be dishonest and, and go get a test. You could, sure. also, you could also be honest and pay out of pocket privately for a test, but, you know, th- those aren't cheap either, so. Yeah. Okay. I well, mean, it's I really kind of a moot point, because for the most part, unless you're traveling internationally or unless your work requires it, you, you, don't, need, you don't need that proof of a negative test. Well, right. and that's the example I used. I know it was a stretch, because yeah. I'm not a pilot, but if I was, I'd be kind yeah, of you'd, Well, there might be an issue. Yeah. yeah, I wonder. I'm sure there must be pilots out there who have had it at some point, just that the numbers would suggest that. So I wonder how they, they, they deal with that. I don't know. Long-haul truckers, pilots. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah Rick, it's, yeah, it's an interesting question. Appreciate the phone call. And then when it comes to vaccines, like people who have had the virus and recovered, where do they fall in the queue? And what should they do depending on, on the vaccine? Do they need a vaccine at all? There's been some suggestion that maybe just a booster would be good for those who have who've had it recovered. Maybe those who have had it recovered, maybe let's wait a little bit longer. And maybe you need a booster for a certain variant, maybe. So I don't know. I don't know if we, we've addressed that. And yeah, there's a lot of people who have a vested interest in that. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.